0: Hi, this is Jennifer at No Label Brewery, and you're listening to Drink of Ages Radio Show with John Denman. Come on to No Label seven days a week and join us for some badass beers on tap. Don't forget to visit our website at nolabelbrew.com for all events happening at our brewery. Hope to see you soon.
1: all right this is drink of ages radio show and this week here at drink of ages pub we have our guests from great heights Brewing, shod benars and from spindle tap brewery jeremy moore this is going to be our post GABF conversation with some medal winners it's going to be a badass show uh scratch and i we we did we survived denver yeah this was like we were talking about earlier you know one of the least hangovers i've ever experienced but And then Buzz had a whole other issue. Sick kid. Kind of only saw him just for a few minutes. But, yeah, let's get the show started. And
0: let's drink some beers. I can think of only one thing that could lift my spirits right now. Beer. 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 This is Drink of Ages on ESPN 97 the only show dedicated to craft beer, spirits, and music. Here's your host and luminary, and luminary. John Denman. John Denman. Yes, yeah, so, like I
1: said, uh, we got some Great Heights Brewing Company, some Spindle Tap Brewery. Sean from Great Heights, Jeremy from Spindle Tap hanging out. And, man, congratulations. Thank you. First of all, yeah, because that's uh, it's pretty badass, winning some medals. That's, it was pretty
2: exciting. I wasn't actually there, so I didn't get to go up on stage and get the fist bump from Charlie, but uh, <laughs> I did watch it live stream, and, yeah, I'm not going to lie. It was pretty exciting.
1: <laughs> did you? Uh, so you were watching it live whenever they, they announced?
2: Yeah, you know, I was sitting at home waiting for Notre Dame to play and just kind of hanging out, so turned on the live stream. Not expecting much, you know, and the first first category winner was one of the first, uh, you know, thirty or so that they announced of the huge list of categories, and of course the first name they called out was bronze, and that was us, and I think I literally jumped out of my chair. I was, I was pretty pumped up about it, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, did, did everybody else hear that right? You know, this, <laughs> this is my favorite
2: category to drink, to brew, to do anything, you know, and so. I figured the odds were pretty low. This is the first barrel-aged beer that we've ever brewed, and uh, there were some like 155 entries. I thought, yeah, that's not that's not probably gonna happen, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So uh, expectations were pretty low. So I was, you know, when they called my name, called our brewery name, I, I jumped up, man. It was awesome.
1: No, it's it's a like I said, it's it's a category barrel-aged beers, barrel-aged strong ls right? So uh, that's a category. Uh, explain the category.
2: Yeah, I exactly. mean, it, it's ba- it's basically the uh, the barley wine and old ale aged in barrels predominantly, as far as I can tell. There is a, nice a there's a stout.
1: ABBs.
2: Yeah, there is a separate one for strong stouts, um, which is the other sort of predominant barrel aged beer. But this one, I think, is mostly barley wines and and old ales and things like that.
1: No, that's pretty impressive because. Uh, when you start aging beers in barrels, a lot of things can happen. A lot of flavors you didn't expect to come up with and different things. Uh, a lot of contaminants can People happen.
2: People touching your barrels, People even though you put big signs that say, please do not touch the barrels. And, and whatever you do,
1: bung. don't pull the bung off. <laughs> I heard <that. laughs> Yeah, you
2: know, just don't ever touch that. That was my nightmare, to be honest with you. And we, you know, our, our uh, bar staff has had to regulate a couple of times on... People getting unruly by the barrels. Yeah, I, I don't know what's, why it attracts people like it does, but you're not put, cool to straddle a barrel for a picture.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, just don't
2: do it. That's not too far off either. Mm. So you know, we that's the only air-conditioned space we have is our tap room, and it's not required to have a climate-controlled space for barrel aging, but it certainly helps. And so we thought it was worth the risk of people um, to put the barrels, you know, in our tap room and, and be able to you know control the climate so uh you know knock on wood we did 12 barrels six of them were the barley wine six of them are an imperial stout that's coming out pretty soon maybe for our anniversary party and uh none of them got contaminated so generally i think the rule of thumb is you you know you you lose about 10 percent of these kinds of barrels to contamination at least that's what some brewers locally have told me that that they've they've seen but having it in a climate controlled space I think kinda helps you fight that off a bit and so I think we've lucked out there. Yeah
1: you know, one of the one of the best barrel-aged beers I ever had was one that a brewery not really mentioning many names, but they they put their stout in the barrel and just put it in the in the back of the brewery and kinda just forgot about it. And then they're like, oh man, let's try this out, yeah. You know? so, and it turned I mean it was absolutely delicious. Going yeah. through, you know, hundred degree temperatures to cold nights, you know, in the winter and all that. And it just stayed very well and just was really tasty. St.
2: Arnold has a climate-controlled barrel room, right, and they make fantastic, Mm world-class barrel-aged beer. But Eureka Heights also makes fantastic beer, and Brash also makes fantastic barrel-aged beer, and their stuff is just out in a hot warehouse, so it's certainly not required. Yeah. You know, I I think it's probably a little bit of a lower risk of losing barrels, but... yeah, certainly not required. There's a lot of places making world class barrel aged beer. I think Sigma's,
0: does Sigma have theirs out in the back? Uh, I don't know if they still do. Last time I was there, they were down in the, the wrestling ring area. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're making fantastic barrel aged Yeah, yeah too, definitely, so. yeah. <coughs> yeah.
1: Well, it's uh, We're not opening this beer just yet. <laughs> nice. It did win, you know, a strong ill, and we, we, we've got to get through the show. Uh, even though I'm sitting around drinking Denali, which is a pretty pretty excellent IPA, by the way. Appreciate it. We were talking about earlier, was earlier. Uh, put it on tap and went through a whole keg of it in just a little over a day. Yeah, it's, by the time we it. it's a little
2: deceptive, you know. It, it's uh, it's not a small beer by any means, but uh, I think it's pretty easy drinking. And I've certainly had my share of occasions where I've ended up, you know, a few Denalis deep and Stood up to go to the restroom and realized uh, it's a stronger beer than than it presents. (laughs)
1: Uh, Yeah, it happens. I think the Guild meeting was over, what was it, two months ago? Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, something like that. And uh, so it was like, "Ah, Denali, 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 Denali. Denali. Denali, and then uh, then there was a lot of conversations, bad conversations happening at the table. But <laughs> well, we're old, like we like kind of old school IPAs. Mm-hmm. Patrick and I, uh,
2: my, they're the co-founder, and um, you know, of course, we brew a lot of hazies, and you know, we like those too. There's nothing wrong with that, but our hearts are really in the old school West Coast or drier traditional IPAs, and that Denali is our uh, our entry into that that category, if you will. That and so.
1: Oh, yeah, Citramendus. It's been a while since I've had one of those. So
2: I was telling you before we got on air that we've made some tweaks to the recipe for Denali over time, and one of them is to uh, kind of dial back the sweetness. I don't think there was a lot to start with, but we removed the crystal malt and replaced it with something else. Um, we did the same exact change with Citramendus. So, you know, double IPA is going to be naturally a little sweet, even if you brew it to be dry, just because alcohol itself is sweet, right? Um, so I think that change that we made I think has been a good one for both beers. We're we're finally you know really happy with both
1: of those. Well, I like Denali the way it, the first time I tasted it, I liked it. And but this is this is the best batch that nice. I've ever had. Appreciate so it. it's it's and it, I went it, back. to
2: fill the new brewer too. I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, different techniques, different methods, or yeah, just making good beers. So that is really good uh yeah that's, that's I need to push it a little further away from me because we do need <laughs> to get to the show but um no uh, you missed Great American Beer fest uh, unfortunately Sean but uh, Jeremy was there yeah and Muskrat was there yep for the most part he was in Denver
0: <laughs>
1: Friday Friday was real good The uh, Denver rare beer which is to me the best Ooh. beer fest. By far oh, yeah. that I've ever been to in my life. It is an actual true. Well, no, I, I can't. I, uh, Great American Beer Fest is and the, the the biggest craft beer fest in the whole wide world. So I mean, it's kind of hard to say that you know that this one might be better because that's an amazing thing to go to. Uh, over four thousand beers a sample, seven hundred over almost eight hundred breweries there. Yeah, just walk around and it's just it's just. A sensory overload. Yeah. Just from people, beer, smells, <laughs> just everything, yeah. noise, just everything is just so, so heightened. Sloppy and people by the end of the night. Yeah, spilling yeah. Spilling beers on you. Exactly. It's a great
2: festival. I, I do agree that the rare beer, though, I mean, from a pure beer drinker's perspective, particularly if you like barrel aged beer, man, there's just nothing quite like that. When
1: everybody behaves, yeah, that's another thing, yeah. But it, it's uh, a. Yeah. It's and, and you know everybody that's leaving is absolutely hammered because yeah. they've yeah. been drinking nine to twenty seven percent beers for the last four hours. And but everybody's just like, Hey, yeah, it's great. Have you tried this? Have you tried that? It's cause you skip the rowdy phase
2: when you're drinking beers that high in A B V, right? There's no time for that. Like <laughs> you you start, you're sober, you're cool, and then immediately you're drunk but probably too drunk to, to be rowdy and stupid. You know? You're yeah. contemplative, and, and you're on your way out
1: of the door to go take a nap or something. Start, start you know, beelining to the next beer table. Yeah. <laughs> now, that, that, that festival, uh, for one, it's, it's put on by uh, the guys that have Pints for Prostates, and great organization. That's what we're doing the golf tournament for November 5th uh, over at Wildcat. I think there's two teams available is all that's left. We haven't sold out yet. There are still two teams available for that one, but um, <clears throat> Rick, like, and the whole crew over there at Pioneer Prose is pretty exceptional people, and this festival it benefits them. But the cool thing is that there's breweries make a special beer just pretty much just for this thing, and there was only one IPA that was just like a normal IPA. Everything else, there was a couple of bread IPAs, oh, but yeah. when you go to uh, Anywhere else, there's a 1,000 IPAs. This one, there was one normal IPA, and the rest was sours, stouts, saisons. Everything is barrel-aged. 90% of them are barrel-aged. But, uh, uh, no, it was a hell of an event, and that started off Friday. Yeah, it started at noon, and I think we left about 3 o'clock, something like that. Uh, Yeah. it was. Uh, it also took a great picture when we were walking out. They had a bunch of Denver police officers all oh, lined yeah. up <laughs> for a picture. So I was like, yeah, I need to take a picture with these yeah. guys. So it's a risky move after yeah. a rare barrel. I don't it know. was very risky. Yeah. So I was like, Hey, can I get a picture with you guys? And they're like, Absolutely. And so I kneeled down in front of them, and uh, it's like a lot of the women were looking at the camera. A lot of the guys were uh, like, What's this guy doing? But yeah, it worked. It turned into a great picture. It's a great picture. I can but imagine. Yeah, that Ray Beer Fest. Uh, absolutely amazing. And if things work out well, the way I hope they do, then we'll be doing one here in Houston coming up soon. So, we'll talk about that afterwards. Let's take a break, get some more beers. This is Drink of Ages. What do you know about a juicy burger? Over the wall, there is a kingdom called Humble, Texas. There is the best burger joint, Burger I Am Humble, Spanish beef with grilled jalapeno
2: and fried egg, or crispy chicken with buffalo sauce and bacon, even veggie burgers, beer, wine, and for the ladies, 14% margaritas and jello shots, taste the difference today at 20845 Highway 59 North, the best burgers are at Burger I Am Humble. You can even check them out online at www.BurgerIamHumble.com Burger I Am Humble. The best burgers in Humble,
1: Texas. Tap is one of Houston's fastest-growing craft breweries. From the highly sought-after hazy IPAs to its year-round core beers, Boomtown Blonde, Honey Hole, Hop Gusher, 5% Tint, and Houston Haze. Available at retailers all around Houston and surrounding areas. Stop by one of the nicest air-conditioned taprooms in Houston Thursday through Sunday, conveniently located 8 miles north of downtown off 59 in Little York. Come hungry and try some of our award-winning barbecue and wood-fire pizza from Texas. Go visit our website at spindletap.com and give us a like on Facebook. At drink of ages radio what you're listening to here on espn 97.5 i'm john dindman dj Must scratch here at drink of ages pub over in montrose 1005 wall drive so if you're cruising around listening to the radio tonight listen to us drinking some beers come drink some beer come drink some beers with us man it's like i ran out of air it's like i'm in altitude still <laughs> That's the, that's the worst thing about going to Denver. It's like, ah, oh, there's a flight of stairs. You get up there, like, time out, guys. Let me just let me catch my breath. Um, How is that different from here? Yeah, that's true. That's true. It takes like eight stairs to really get me out of breath. Where there, it's like mm. just a little hill. You know where I step up on a curb, and it's just like, oh man, what's going on? Altitude. Great high spring company. Sean Benares. Um, Metal placement beer, JBF, Tap Brewery, Jeremy Moore, Honey Hole. Now, actually, let's talk about Honey Hole for a little bit because yeah. uh, one silver. That was, yeah, of course, you, know, you enter beer, kind of like we were talking about shine, you put beer in different things. Spindle Tap put some beers in some hazy categories, excellent beers, and, yeah, you know, it's like, man, that'd be cool to win one of those because that's, like, the highest, the, 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 the biggest one right now. It's like 360 entries in hazy IPA. Yeah. yeah, so, all the, yeah, it would have been great, but then all of a sudden I started getting text messages. I'm in Denver, <laughs> like, text messages, text messages, like, what's going on? You know, it's like, Spindle Tap won silver. It's like, for Honey Hole. It's like, hot damn, I knew that beer has potential, man. It has a hidden potential. And I keep telling everybody over there that it's like, Matt, don't sleep on this
0: one because it's going to be one that, that could actually take over the world. I, I just think it needs to be uh, presented right. You know, it, it won a medal for uh, honey ale. Um, We've marketed it as an ESB traditionally, but um, I think the, the honey character, the sweetness really really fits that category, and it it, it worked. Yeah, it's a uh,
1: um, honey ale, and um, oh, it's, it's such an easy
0: drinking beer. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a traditional ESB base. Um, so, you know, it's got a little bit of sweetness and a, a nice bitter balance to it. Um, so when you add the honey, I think it really does give it a balance because of the bitter base that that you're adding to. I know that. Yeah, talking about honey hole.
1: And like going to places and be like, yeah, Honey Hole, what is that? It's like, it's an ESB. What's an ESB? It's like, ah. <laughs> So, you know, sorry, having to explain it. So it's like, all right, get rid of ESB altogether and just make it a Honey L. Yeah. And just make it a honey beer. And then if people really want to know about it, be like, all right, start with an ESB for like the, the half percent of people that are nerdy enough that want to know, like, what ingredients are you putting in this beer? And, and aren't
2: freaked out by extra and bitter. bitter exactly. Bitter yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, I don't know about that extra, man. I, I, I like to stick to my uh, Bud Light. <laughs> it's, it's not extra. <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that's one that, that throws people off until they taste it. And then once they taste it, they're like, oh, this is really good. Yeah. So it has this, this following that um, there's, like I keep – I put it on tap here on, you know, on occasion. And it's just one of those beers that people just – Denali, Denali. Let me get one of those honey
0: holes real quick. Honey hole. Yeah. yeah. And just throw a honey hole in. It's it's a style. It's tough to get that into people's hands. You know, but once you do and they taste it, it's, it's, it's easier to move. But it's, yeah, especially as an ESB, like you said, extra bitter. You know, you say that to people and they just walk away generally. Oh, uh, no, hands. I don't
1: like bitter beers. Well, this <laughs> one's not really bitter. Yeah, Let's go over this one more time about this beer. So it's a uh, – it was definitely – definitely uh, – <clears throat> One that, I mean, it did surprise me that it won a medal because it is a really good, clean, crisp, light, easy drinking, not too sweet honey beer. And so, yeah, it's like, yeah, oh, that's pretty badass.
0: It won silver. Dude, it was mind blowing. <laughs> it was incredible. I mean, we, I mean, obviously, nobody goes to GABF expecting to win a medal except for maybe, you know, the guys over under, under Brock's wing, but. Um, we certainly weren't expecting anything for Honey Hole, you know, like we were known for hazy high hops in general, and when, when Honey Hole came up, we heard it was, oh my goodness, it was it was incredible. Well,
1: the best part was, <laughs> is because I was sitting
0: over in
1: uh, not too far from downtown Denver, and there was, you know, some things, and... So it was uh, a you know so I was planning on going to the award ceremony and hanging out, but it was like oh man something didn't quite work out as well. Can we use some passes? And, yeah, man, sure. You guys can go up there and hang out. Let the brew crew, the guys making the beers, go hang out. Well, then I guess the decision was made to yeah we're just gonna eat some breakfast.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, Friday night Denver GABF turned out to be a little more fun than. Uh, <laughs> We expected or plan for.
1: <laughs> so I get I started getting text messages. Honey hole one silver. Honey hole one silver. It's like, oh that's badass. Well then <clears throat> Garrison calls the head brewer. Happy birthday to him, by the way. Uh, he calls, he's like, Hey man, I was like, I just saw, him. you know, you guys won <laughs> silver. He's like, Man, nobody wants to go. I was like, come get me. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm coming with you. Yeah. And, yeah, it was just one of those weird things. You know, it was turning to, like, I already had this amazing trip, like, right, the week and a half before camping and all the, you know, all the, the, with Garrison, actually, uh, for hop selection. And then we get to walk up on stage, get over, you, you, bump this, Charlie Papazian.
2: You guys were, so you went up late, right, for that medal? Yeah, we, okay. we yeah. were late. Because I, I was, like I said, I was streaming it, but I wasn't watching everything, and I heard you guys had won, and then, not a surprise, but I saw you go back up again later, so I thought, are... <laughs> what well, <are> this? <laughs>
0: house, man?
1: We got there, Garrison and I got there, we walked, uh, like the first person that looked official, we by like, hey, by the way, we, we won a medal, but we weren't here, what do we need to do? They're like, oh, just follow me, so they took us into the auditorium, They're like, see that guy down there at the very front of the stage? Yeah, go talk to them. So, all right. So we walk down, you know, like we won a medal already. <laughs> and go talk to, like, stay in line, get up to the front. And they're like, oh, by the way, we're Spindle Tap Brewery. Uh, won an award for a Honey Hole. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah. We got you right here. Marked our name off. And the guy gets on his little intercom. He's all blast from the past. Uh, silver medal, Spindle Tap Brewery. Like, all right. <laughs> and. Next thing you know, I just walk up on stage. Man, so anybody
0: could have walked up and taken that, that medal? That made me
1: think the same thing. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> God, like how, how many opportunities it? have I missed <laughs> yeah, to go on stage and like, totally ruin a brewery? Yeah, <laughs> Get up there, strip, you know, run around, pop and lock a little bit. You know, and just It's like, man, that fat heads, man, they're horrible people. <laughs> I wonder if that's happened before.
2: Hey, I don't know. all the years, I wonder if somebody's you know, gone up there and...
1: Well, we were talking earlier when Great Heights won uh, won their award, and they unfortunately weren't there. And I was sitting in the audience, like Great Heights Brewing Company. I'm like, holy crap! Oh, not Great Heights, uh, Eureka Heights. Sorry, man. Um, no, shit gets, people get confused about this all the time. But I've been drinking. <laughs> <laughs> but when uh, Eureka Heights won, and uh, no one was there, and then uh, no one's going on stage, it's like, yeah. Uh, I didn't think about it till a few more beers later. I was like, man, I should have just went up there and accepted that award. I don't know, it's kind of cool to not be there. It's sort of like big league and everybody
2: like we don't even care about the metal. Yeah, yeah so,
1: you know, mail it to us if you want. Uh <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, if you want to. Uh yeah, we're just going to we're going to kick back and make some more excellent award-winning beers. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh it was fun. Uh, it, it was it was cool to get to go up there. And, and I said Charlie Papazian, he was, the, the dude wrote one of my first homebrewing books.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you either read Palmer or Papazian, one or the other. Yeah,
2: I'm glad. So I'm glad we won a medal mostly to redeem my co-founder, Patrick, because last year at JBF, Charlie was sitting right behind him in the crowd <laughs> at the you know oh no it's CBC rather um, at the introduction ceremony thing, and Patrick thinks it's a good idea to get his phone out and try to like. Sneakily take a selfie of himself and Charlie. And when he actually looked at the picture, he sees himself and this very, like, bewildered Charlie behind him, just kind of glaring at him, like, Is this guy really doing this right now? Is he really <laughs> sneaking a selfie, you know, without asking? So, uh, you know, to actually legitimately be on stage and get the fist bump in the picture, I
1: think. Super awkward fist bit. bump. Yeah. yeah. He probably walked up and Charlie was like, I remember you. Took his fist <laughs> <Yeah>. away. <laughs> he was like, nope. No fist for you. No fist for you. No, <laughs> yeah, but the, the cool thing was, you know, like Garrison. Um, yeah, he's he's a little socially awkward at times. So he walks up, and there was this weird like shake hands, fist bump, shake hands. <laughs> that was everybody, dude. <laughs> and, well, you true. watch that thing. That's
0: everybody. It's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly.
1: Well, Char, Charlie was like, basically, was just like, nope, this is all I'm doing. It's yeah. this and but it's like, I uh, 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 don't know what to do with my hands <laughs> you know, right now. It
2: was great. Yeah, you know, he would have shaken a lot of hands over all that time. He'd probably uh, caught a few diseases if he didn't do the fist fist bumps. bumps. Yeah, fist bumps. He's
0: probably got a big pump of hand sanitizer in the back. No, it's inside his hand. It's It's in his hand. Yeah,
1: yeah, (laughs) yeah. So just in pocket, real quick. Yep, wash that one off. Yeah, I mean, you know, brewers aren't really
2: known to be a particularly clean group of people outside of the brewery. <laughs> outside
0: of the yeah, brewery, they're walking around yeah. the streets and they're on yeah, a camp you spend so much time cleaning everything else. Yeah, dude. exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Three days in Denver will also get you pretty dirty, man. <laughs> let's let's be honest here. Yeah, it's a uh, that was uh, that was, that was really cool, man. And see Honey Hole win a silver. Just uh, it, it puts a lot of merit on the beers, uh, which is really cool because. Uh, well, we'll talk about this when we get back. We're running out of time. But um, uh, this is Drink of Ages. If you're thinking about opening up a bar, a brewery, or if you have either one, you need to contact my friend Brian Kircher over at Draftsmiths of Texas. He takes care of all the beer lines at Drink of Ages, which makes it, you know, when breweries come in, they, they try their beer on tap. It tastes as good as it does the brewery. He can install your system, maintain it, glycol, do the whole thing. Give him a call at 713-647-1100 or just look him up online, dstexas.com. And man, let him take care of your beer lines. Are you thinking of buying, selling, or renting a house? Let my good friend Amber Sear with Stanfield Properties help with all your real estate needs. She is your real estate connection. Amber is a second-generation real estate agent and holds herself to the highest ethical standards. She is a member of the National Association of Realtors, Texas Association of Realtors, and Houston Association of Realtors. Work with a knowledgeable native Houstonian who I know well and I trust. Whether buying, selling, or renting, Contact Amber Sear from Sandfield Properties. Her email address is ambersear.realtor at gmail.com. That's Amber, C-Y-R.realtor at gmail.com. Or call her at 832-715-5455. Again, that's 832-715-5455. All right, if you guys need anything, like some shirts, some merch, some stickers, Uh, from koozies to any of that stuff, whether you're a brewery, a distillery, or you you just have a business you want to get started and get your brand out there, man. You need to talk to my buddy Rodney Campbell over at Cask Branding. He can take care of you with your glassware, your, I mean, like I said, he makes all of our shirts here at Drink of Ages. He does a lot of stuff for a lot of people around Houston. So reach out for caskbranding.com, Rodney Campbell and tell him that you heard on Drink of Ages and, and man, he'll take care of you. We are back. This is Dream of Ages Radio Show, hanging out with Jeremy Moore from Tap Brewery. And from Great Heights Brewing Company, Sean Benares is hanging out. A couple of medal-winning breweries at this last year's GABF, Great American Beer Fest, that happens. Uh, I don't know what year we were in this one. It's been going on for a long time. And... Uh, I know. I'm, I'm looking. And, like how many beer fests are there about? Yeah, you know, late, late, late 80s. What number is this? I mean, it started in, yeah, in the 80s, early 80s. Something like that. I don't know. I don't wow. know. It's stuff that I should remember. But what happens <laughs> when you go to Denver is you forget everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so when you come back, you have to relearn a lot of stuff. All, all the breweries, the dispensaries. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. Uh, yeah. How, how fast do brain cells repopulate? <laughs> I don't think they do, right? Isn't that the problem? <laughs> But it was a, it was a hell of a trip and you guys, Smillettop Brewery and Great Heights both came home with a medal. Uh, other than that, in Houston, Saint Arnold won. Yep, yeah, that's right. Pumpkinator again. For Pumpkinator yeah. once again. Yeah, man.
2: I think last year, San Arnold was the only Houston brewery to win a medal. Mm-hmm. Two, yeah, years, two ago, years ago. Two years ago,
0: mid sized brewery of the year. But, you know, <laughs> yeah.
2: got to do our part to represent Houston a Yeah. Bit. I mean, honestly, more breweries here should have won medals. Yeah. But a lot of, I mean, it's a little bit of a lotto, too. right? It is. Like, one year, yeah. Buckle Bunny wins gold, as it should, and the next year, it doesn't win. But, you know, it's still a really good beer. I think mm-hmm. a lot of it has to do with who's sitting down that day to judge it and their subjective taste. But, you know, I think a lot of breweries here in a lot of categories could meddle on any given year. And a lot of it's just the luck of the draw of, you know, who's tasting your beer.
1: I mean, how many beers did you put in? So we put in four.
2: Well, well, we put in five, but uh, one of them was a beer that due to planning, we didn't actually get to brew. So we, we submitted like a two month old can of a hazy IPA. So I don't know if we count that, but yeah, we entered five beers. Um, and you don't really know what the other ones until a couple of months later. And all you find out is it made it to the, you know, there's there's a next round. There's an yeah. initial round, and then there's the final round. But they also... But you don't know how, you know, there's no fourth place. You have no idea mm-hmm. if how, your beer was on the were. brink or if it, if it just, you know. So last year, our Kolsch made it. But, again, we have no idea. Did it just squeeze by? Was it in contention, right? And it drives mm-hmm. you crazy as a brewer because, you know, you want to know, like, how does this beer stack up? And uh, yeah, you you don't really get to find out, unfortunately. But you, you also
0: won. you also get notes back. Oh yeah, yeah. Just like it's like a, a homebrew like any competition, you get tasting notes, yeah, you get sure. um, you know critiques, you, you, you get you get reasons why they uh, rated or placed your beer the way they did. And
2: some of them are good. Like I'll give you an example. We we submitted one beer last year, and I'm not making this up. So there's three judges, and one of them wrote in whatever subcategory it was, uh, flavor, I guess that it was too sweet and the other one wrote that it was not sweet enough <laughs> and I kid you not the third one wrote perfectly balanced <laughs> yeah. I have, I, wow. I have yeah. the score sheet yeah. um, for one of the beers And I mean, a lot of them are consistent and it's great Yeah, occasionally yeah. you get these so you, where it's like what,
1: what do I do with this Like, yeah.
2: if I really wanted to make a change based on you this nothing. you don't
1: do anything Dude, yeah. you, you, you put that in a frame and put all three of those up <laughs> yeah. in the brewery well, we, <laughs> we submitted
0: uh, Heavy Hands last year which is an all Citra double IPA and we got common from one of them, uh, and all it said was uh, not all it said, but it said bad hop combo. I didn't, oh, I didn't like God. your hop mix. I didn't like <laughs> yeah. your hop combo. It's like it's, wait, it's, like, what? it's only one hop. <laughs> 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 what, what kind of bad hop combo is this? Yeah,
2: yeah, those are tough, and I can't. Bl- I mean, I've tried to judge beer mm. competitions. I don't like. I don't like that. I hate doing it. Yeah, you know, it's it's tough to really <laughs> provide meaningful feedback in every category for every beer you taste Uh, because honestly you know after the third or fourth ipa you drink it starts to become much more difficult to distinguish
1: well that's why you know pretty much if i'm going out i I stick to one beer pretty much the whole night i usually don't bounce around different Uh, beers just drink one It's like i know what that one tastes like
2: yeah yeah it's tough um and there's probably you know i think going forward you know this hasn't been a real consideration for us it's like okay we'll enter some beers but like now that I want a medal, I want to win another one. <laughs> we may be a little more strategic. I mean, we entered, you know, Kolsch, Hef, Double IPA, Barrel Age beer. Highly those, those all have categories. 150 plus yeah. entries. Uh, next year, I may be entering. Play the uh, numbers a little bit. You know, smoked, historical,
1: uh, yeah. uh, Christmas. I don't know.
2: Yeah. F- figure 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 something out.
1: There's only four. <laughs> we have a really good chance.
2: Yeah, I mean, the ideal thing is to win for a beer that's a mainstay. Like, it would be great for our Kolsch. Like, I mentioned Buckle Bunny earlier. That's the dream, right? Uh Your your number one mainstay beer, winning a medal. Yeah. And you can promote it. You know, what can we do with this beer? Well, in 12 months, we'll have another batch. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. That's how long it takes, right? So, it's really cool to win. I'm happy, but man, it would really be awesome to win for a beer that you actually produce year-round, and that's kind in of a mainstay in
1: a lot of... Yeah, well, that's kind of the, the the issue with Spindle Tap is that is, you know, Honey Hole is the least... It's, Amount of beer brewed, yeah, yeah, at yeah. the brewery. So
0: it's like, oh man, now Not all of a sudden
1: <laughs> stores are selling out of honey hole. Yeah, and yeah. Our, our sales guy are...
0: called me today asking what we had in the cooler because he's starting to get a lot of requests for the beer. Apparently, so that's. Yeah. it was like, well, sweet. it's uh, going to be a little bit.
2: Before... We, need, we don't even have very much. Like we're already off draft. We've got we got kegs remaining, but we're saving those to yeah. for special events and things. we sold through about half the cans before GABF. I think we, you know, we didn't keg that much of it, maybe uh, sixty cases or something. So, won't be long before we're out of those. And yeah. then it's it's literally just, you know, we set some aside for blending. We want to do some kind of a grand crew or something.
1: Nice. But
2: otherwise, it's literally just okay. Let's wait another year, and then we can actually put more of this beer on the market.
1: Yeah, but there's so many variables. Yeah. That they like, take Bogle bunny, right? That is a recipe. You can brew 120 barrels of turn around, brew another 120 barrels I mean, it's going to be pretty damn close yeah. to the same beer the whole time. Yeah. You're putting stuff in barrels for a year and just putting it out in the elements. I mean, yeah. things can change. It's a, true. A I will lot. say though, you know, we had
2: six barrels and we, you know, we taste them individually. They're pretty damn similar. I mean, I expected a lot more variation. So that gives me some confidence that when we brew this, it again. That we can come up with something pretty similar. But we don't want to limit ourselves to that, obviously. Well, no, we, you we have to, to win gold now. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I mean, it's, medals aside, you know, my dream is to make a lot of barrel-aged strong beer. I mean, that's what I like to drink. And so, you know, if we get a little more space, which we're hoping to do soon, we'll start barreling, you know, a lot more beer than we do now. So whether we can replicate it exactly or not probably doesn't matter all that much. Just do our best to kind of put good stuff out there.
1: Well, I mean, at this point, you can't take it away. You got a medal for that beer. Oh yeah! So that that should be, go up in the brewery. Yeah, and to, um, uh, we stopped by Fatheads. I mentioned Fatheads earlier, but when we were in Ohio, we stopped by Fatheads, ate a burger, drank a couple of beers, and it's just like World Cup JBF, World Cup, World Cup JBF, oh, yeah. JBF, just a whole wall, probably like a twenty-foot wall, with nothing but medals, and you're like. Man, that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty badass. When you see Brock wearing nothing but a Speedo, holding his arms out with all of his medals, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it's like, that's kind of cool. Man. You know, that's, that's not bad. Depending so. on how you crop the
2: picture. I kid, I kid. that centerfold last year? Just, it's just jealousy. You know? <laughs> no, yeah. that, that, that's pretty amazing that they've been able to win that many medals consistently, too.
1: Pumpkinator, especially.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean that that beer wins. Yeah. I don't know. No, that's the epitome of a pumpkin beer, at least in this market to me. But yeah,
2: I don't like pumpkin. I don't like many pumpkin beers. Yeah, but I'll it's, drink a pumpkinator beer. And
0: uh, Rumpkin from Avery. Those yeah. are the two I'll drink. Uh, the Bourbon Barrel Pumpkinator too. Oh yeah, is fantastic. Dude. Absolutely. And they do it. They do it every
1: year now. So. I ate, I ate pumpkin pie before I came up here uh, tonight. Why'd you, why'd <laughs> I will. I. What's love wrong with you? pumpkin, uh, pumpkin spice, uh, whatever you call me, what you want, I don't care. Yeah, you know, but I love pumpkin beers. But pumpkin pie should be made year round. Breakfast, well, lunch, you dinner. You can make it year round. Nobody's stopping you. I, <laughs> well, I don't actually make it. My daughter <laughs> made this one, <laughs> and my wife usually makes them. I'm not. I'm not much of a baker. I'm much more of a griller. So grilled pumpkin. Not. Not it's really. It's cooler to be a griller, but I gotta say, like.
2: I bake a pretty good pie, man. I bake a good peach pie. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not ashamed
1: of it. I do make some really good banana pudding. Uh, secret, secret banana pudding, but it is pretty damn tasty. I want to be a griller, though. I'm not gonna lie. I
2: could be, <laughs> you know, I can grill something. Just, you know, you go to those guys' houses and they got a perfect brisket that they smoked, or they grilled some steaks, and yeah, mm. I'm not that guy.
1: Yeah. Man, I don't know. I grilled watermelon the other day. And uh, we—I uh, saw a video, of Facebook scrolling through, and it's like smoked watermelon. I'm like, ah, oh, that sounds interesting. Let's yeah. see what happens if we grill it. So, carved the whole thing out, cut it in half, grilled it. Just disintegrated? No, actually, it didn't, man. It kind of the sugar is kind of okay, kinda like caramelized yeah. the edges. Flipped it over, grilled the other side, put balsamic vinegar on it. And was like, man, this is just this is really good, and just kept eating it. And it's like, family, come try this. And everybody else looked at me like I was dumb, and they're like, I'm not eating that. And one kid was like, nope, that's horrible. I'm like, how do you not like that? I thought it was really good. That was really good, grilled watermelon. I can't trust the food opinion of a kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but uh. Huh, I forgot where I was going. Yeah, this you know, restaurant. I don't
2: know. Whenever you make something, you kind of always think it's good, though. Oh, right? yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: It's, uh, or you think it's horrible. The worst. It's, like a, you're, you're it's one baby. or the other.
2: You're like, oh, this is good. Or oh, this is awful. This is, oh, dude. Well, I did hear one time they said, you know, if you ever go to a restaurant that's a good restaurant, a uh, well-regarded place, and they have something on the menu that sounds disgusting or ridiculous, just order it, right? Like, there's a reason that it's persisted and that it's on the menu despite sounding disgusting and that's because it's probably delicious.
1: Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I remember back in the day when I used to brew a lot of beer, all right, I'd I'd come up with a recipe, I'd brew the batch of beer, I would drink it, you know, after it's carbonated and everybody come over, you know, having the cooler in the dining room, sitting around the table because I probably grilled some stuff you know fajitas we're all sitting around I was like I right, drink some of this beer pour it i drink it let everybody else like ah oh, it's delicious it's delicious That's really good I'm like i drink it it's like nope it's horrible and you're a bunch of liars because <laughs> I, <laughs> I know it's not good I know it's not that good so I, homebrew's tough I mean
2: yes you can make fresh stuff and it's like surprising how good of a beer you can make homebrewing but it's also hard to keep you know get to get a homebrew that that doesn't have uh, DMS or or diacetyl or mm-hmm. is terribly oxidized and so like people bring homebrew by the brewery all the time and I love that. I think it's really cool. Some of it is really, really good. But mm-hmm. it's always tough when someone pops open a bottle and you smell the butter like from the other side. No, of the bar. No, no. Well what happens was in <laughs> the beginning I...
1: in the beginning you start you would taste it and you're like, Oh well, you know, this and that and you'd be polite. Yeah. And now you're probably open it you're like Hey man, let me tell you what's wrong with this. And the the, the feedback is much more honest and true. Well, there's some people from out of and, yeah.
2: Well, I I so I, I'm not I'm not very honest to be honest with you. <laughs> it makes any sense? I can't do it. But the other day, some people came from out of town, and he said, you know, my home brewed this thing, and it sounded interesting. I said, oh, you should have brought some. I didn't realize they're from out of town. He goes, oh, I got some in my car. So he goes, get some out of his truck, and I kid you not, this is the middle of summer, you know, it's. Hundred degrees. Oh god! And he's been apparently driving for you know several days and spent the back of his truck. So any flaw that you have, of course, is magnified a <laughs> and He pops this thing open, and it was warm when he served it. And just, I mean, anything you can imagine, <laughs> aroma wise, I experienced in that five seconds while he was pouring that beer. That one was a tough one to get through.
0: <laughs> you take that around to the staff for sensory uh, oh, yeah, training. Absolutely. yeah. Sure. <laughs>
1: Well, we're all out of beer. Let's take a break. When we get back, let's crack open some of these uh, award-winning bourbon legends. And, yeah, drink some of that. Sounds good. Drink it, just be right back.
0: This is Jared Montgomery, brewmaster at Megaton Brewery. If you have not heard of us, we're a new brewery in Kingwood. Come check out our air-conditioned tap room. Enjoy our free play arcade games, air hockey, pool table, outdoor patio games, and of course food trucks all weekend. Try our tasty brews or grab a pint of our favorite beers made by our friends across the great state of Texas. Megaton serves wine as well. Our tap room was open Friday and Saturday and beginning September 8th. We are open noon to 6 for football season. Find us on Facebook for hours, events, and special beer releases. Thanks so much.
1: Dream of Ages Radio here on ESPN 97.5. Hanging out here at Dream of Ages Pub. Drinking beer with some uh, silver metal honey hole bronze medal rub it in, rub it in. <laughs> urban legend I was going to let the can speak for itself <laughs> so here we are you know about to crack open a can of urban legend oh, actually we just did oh, man, <laughs> that Denali man it's a good way to go uh, we have our guests, Jerry Moore from Spindle Tap Brewery. We have Sean Benares from Great Heights Brewing Company, hanging out, pouring a beer. scratch is just telling me I'm not close enough to the mic. <laughs> I'm watching my pour because, uh, yeah, I don't want to spill any of this this uh, liquid metal, winning. But barley wine yeah. is life. So walk us through this beer real quick,
2: Sean. This is an English barley wine. Um, It's about 11.7%, I think, is where it ended up. Look on the can. Oh, 11.6%. We basically, you know, this was our standard English barley wine that we had on tap for a while, but we brewed it, you know, we designed the recipe specifically for aging it in bourbon barrels and uh, let it age for... Twelve months in Woodward Reserve barrels, you know, tasting it starting at like nine months, and uh, getting excited, you know, at like ten months when it was <laughs> tasting pretty good, and eleven months, and due date's um, coming soon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah, around twelve months, transferred it over to a tank and carbonated it and canned a decent amount of it, and uh, you know, we're pretty happy with it. People seem to like it a lot, but entering it was more of a it's available we just canned it, it's time to enter the competition we might as well enter it because we got one more entry and uh, certainly did not expect to win a medal with it although I love it, don't get me wrong
1: um,
2: yeah and now I wish we had made more of it <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I, mean, I mean it is a really really tasty beer and absolutely just uh, I don't know I mean, it's just delicious very easy drinking, uh, very high ABV, but you get a lot. of drink oh, tomorrow. This is uh, so you know, Sukaba
2: is one of my favorite beers. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Firestone Walker, and that that's kind of my inspiration for this beer. Not that I'm not that it's in the same ballpark as Sukaba, but you know, drinking a Sukaba, I mean, for me, and 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 Bishop Sparrow, I think thirteen, uh, is a barley wine, mm-hmm. is about on that level with Sukaba too. I mean, those are two fantastic barrel-aged barley wines. So those are the sort of beers I had in mind, right? Um, but it's the first time you put something in a barrel, you don't really know exactly how it's going to change over time. And um, the bitterness in this faded like we expected that it would over time. It was a little more bitter when we put it in. Um, there's a little risk that you might get some sort of tannin, tanniny flavors from the barrels, and then that could uh, add some harshness to it. Um, but no, the bitterness faded, we didn't really get a whole lot of that, and we ended up actually not blending this at all, which a lot of times you pull beer out of a barrel, you're going to blend it to get back some of the body that you've lost um, as you've soaked up you know, spirits from the barrel and, and the ABV of the beer climbs, and you lose a little bit of body, and um, you know, sometimes you do it because you want a little bit more sweetness, or maybe you want to take away a little bitterness. I mean, there's a lot of reasons that, that you might uh, blend fresh beer in, in this case, we thought we would have to do it we planned on doing it and then when we tasted it and we said well I think this is this is about right how it is and we ended up not blending it at all unblended
0: <laughs> it's great beer man dude, thank you appreciate it so much, so much brown sugar dried fruit like it's super rich but still like kind of refreshing like it's it's clean finish like so that, there's none of that bitterness there there's no astringency like yeah. good amount dude. of
2: oakiness and, and, yeah. and bourbon because you know because we didn't do any blending I think it's pretty strong in, in those flavor components yeah. which,
1: which I like well once you start putting beer in barrels that's where it gets I mean, a lot of, A lot of things can happen I mean it's it pretty tricky and so is there a, a, a set time frame that's like okay one year what if you're just like I'm going to leave a beer in barrels for three years well, the beer decides you know yeah well I, I get that yeah
2: yeah, yeah. so you got you got to taste ox- it every once in a while process too right like the beer is going to have some oxidation. It's some, some to, desirable, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. and you get some desirable. At first, some of the contributions from the barrel that you're getting um, aren't desirable or don't seem like <laughs> like they're helping, right? And that's why you, I think, don't even bother tasting it the first few months. Um, I think Saint Arnold generally, as a rule, is, is barrel aging at least 12 months. I think, it, uh, if I recall my conversation with Aaron, around 12 months is sort of the sweet spot, or, or a little longer than that. I know some people can do it in shorter time frames. It depends on your taste. It depends on how it's changing. Size the barrel. of barrel, you know, yeah. Just yeah. Storage condition. Right. Kind of we, we we based yeah. on conversations we had, we figured it would be about 12 months, and we didn't start tasting it until nine months, and uh, you know, sure enough, it, it got better from nine to 10 to 11, and when it got to 12, it was I you know it was right, and so that's when we pulled it. But but I have certainly heard of barrel aging longer than that, and I'm sure as we get into air, you know aging more beer and barrels, we'll. I'll be able to come back and tell you exactly why and when (laughs) and how, but literally this is the first beer I've put into a barrel. I've got another one right now that's about a 12-months. That beer, I can tell you right now, is going to get blended. Um, It's got plenty of body. It needs a little bit of sweetness, Um, and it's probably still maybe on the higher end of of bitterness. It's not overly bitter, but I think it could probably use a little bit of a blended, sweeter, kind of less bitter uh, stout, and... We're going to be doing that pretty soon, actually. And then uh, we've reserved some of this, too. So some bourbon legend, some of the imperial stout, and maybe, I don't know, brook quad or something like that and just blend those together. So, you know, a lot of things on the horizon, but it's funny. I, I can't really. Uh, my worst fear is, like, you know, when they have these panels at, you know, uh, Texas Craft Brewers Guild, for instance, that somebody's going to call me now and say, hey, can you be on the barrel panel? And I'm going to say, oh, dude, I did one beer. No. And, uh, I can't really talk about it. Nope, nope, nope. No, we we got our barrels from St. Arnold on one of their buys, and uh, yeah. Aaron and, and Colin over there just gave us tons of advice on the yeah. logistics of actually doing this. Yeah. Um. So got to thank those guys.
0: Yeah, two of the best in the business. Great guys. For sure.
1: Well, this is a yeah. I'd I'd put it up there for a silver medal, maybe not gold, but a silver. <laughs> yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> No, this is this is actually really, really, really delicious. Yeah. Uh, let it warm up nicely. So. Oh, it's better than the County. Oh, it's better than a lot of beers. Yeah. No, that that, that turned out pretty perfect. Uh, barrel barrel programs are one of those things that I like. I get excited about when I go to breweries. I, I want to walk in and I want to <laughs> see a bunch of barrels.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, been to. A lot, well, a I, lot of breweries. I'd say wine barrels for me over uh, bourbon, bourbon barrels. But. yeah, yeah, I do like uh, I do
1: I, like wine barrel beers, really
0: stuff like that. But
1: uh, it usually, you know, it, it tends to different flavor, right? Uh, depends on what you want to put in it, well, and funk. so it gets funky <laughs> for sure. And so I like a like a blend of the both. Where you walk in, and you just see like this. Bro, one of the, my favorite pictures I've ever had taken of me. I'm laying down in front of a bunch of barrels, right? And <laughs> right. Because, but it was like it was like I was I honestly super excited just to be laying in front of a bunch of barrels, right? I had my clothes off, but that's a different story. <laughs> I remember you t-
2: taking a picture laying in front of a lot of hops too at and, hop selection. Yeah, right? yeah that must be a thing hops. you do. I don't, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I love uh, I love sour beer Asian barrels. I love spirits a lot, um, and I get excited too when I go in and see a barrel room. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm Particularly excited about the prospect of, of blending beer and having a, a, you know, a blending spirit age, uh, barrel program Yeah. where we can just, you know, every Freedom. couple months just randomly toss stuff in barrels. And then when the time comes, just go Boom. around tasting what we have mm-hmm. and, you know, see what we can make. I, that's, that's what, you know, makes me want to go to work every morning It makes me excited about the future of, of our brewery yeah. and, uh, you know, my career in brewing is the potential to do stuff like that
0: exciting for sure yeah i
1: know spindle tap you walk in in right hand side there's a lot of barrels stacked up over there Mm -hmm. and anniversary's coming up yep anniversary's coming up november 23rd yeah uh actually dj muskrat's gonna be out there spinning music with some really badass bands playing Muskrat's gonna take us into the the dance night, man. So we're gonna be it's gonna be a dance party at the end of it. What, what's the date? November 23rd. November 23rd is that a Saturday? Saturday. Okay, th- okay then that's good, the date. Okay, good. So we're November 16th. Oh, there you go. Perfect. I feel perfect. like we're always you know perfect.
2: <laughs> so November 16th uh, for us, and then we can head on over. Everybody, everybody 23rd can recover for, you guys. for a week and head perfect. on over. <laughs> yeah. I think we were the same weekend last year, right? I I think think we were. I think it was, yeah. So good. I'm glad I can actually go now. Stretch it out a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) What's in those barrels you got over there?
0: Um, So we've got uh, Asiak Crudo, our Russian Imperial Stout, uh, two different ages in Woodford barrels. Um, We have a barley wine in Woodford barrels. We have a Scotch Ale in a mix of Woodford and Maple bourbon barrels. And then we have a, a chocolate milk stout um, in bourbon barrels.
2: That all sounds fantastic.
0: And then um, we actually last week brewed a, a pretty big pastry stout that we're going to kind of blend in and out and you know, add junk and yeah. stuff and have some fun with. So we, we should have a lot of different fun thick. <laughs> yeah. Thick, tasty, Do- big. Du- Double C
1: thick. Yes. Stouts. Yeah, the anniversary party, uh, talking to Garrison, there's going to be some pretty excellent barrel-aged beers released for that one.
2: Well, that sounds like a good time. I think I'll be there. Hell
0: yeah. Definitely. Uh,
1: so, great Icebury though. November 16th? One in the hood. That's it. We November 16th anniversary?
2: Beer releases of our own, although I'm not at liberty to say which ones yet. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly because I... Uh, I don't know how the barrel stuff's gonna. You know, you never really know um, if that's gonna be ready or not. But we'll have uh, probably two, two new hazies. Actually, I think we're gonna bring back an old favorite hazy, and then uh, one new hazy we haven't brewed before, and then a, probably a barrel aged
1: beer. What would be the the, the favorite old hazy that you're not making? Uh, we had a one off special for a cause hazy that we
2: brewed and made shirts for. That was very popular, and. Uh, probably bring that
1: one back. Hell yeah. I smell m- some metal winning beer. You got
2: the coming up. John going hard in the paint.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Uh, congratulations to both of you guys, man. Uh, Great Heights Brewery, Spindletown Brewery. I don't know. I can't say enough about either one of you. Uh, Great Heights, Sean. Uh, you and I, we sit around and talk for a while. I was like, man, when you first put your beers on tap here, yeah, on the, we did a radio show. I don't know how, I guess, what's the anniversary at About this point? Two years ago. Yeah. Two years ago. Hi, damn. Two years ago. And it's like, man, this is some really good beers. Yeah. You guys are going to go somewhere. <laughs> and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, same thing with Spindle Tap. Uh, the first time the, everybody, the gang came on Spindle Tap, we were over at Firehouse Saloon doing the show. Things got a little bit out of control. Yeah, as expected. But um, hey,
0: you, you can't hold our crew for anything. Yeah, it was right? it was a
1: lot of fun. Yeah, so uh, it's pretty badass, man. Only three medals in Houston and YouTube, and got them. Saint Arnold, they make great beer. Yeah, they they should win a lot more medals for all their beers. But congratulations, Cheers. appreciate you guys yeah. coming and hanging on the show.
2: Appreciate it. Real
0: American
1: heroes. And, man, uh, what else is going on? Must November 5th, Drink of Ages, the Houston Brew Am and Keg Classic Golf Tournament for Pines for Prostates is going on. Like I said earlier, there's two spots left. So, HoustonBrewAm.com. And, man, get those tickets because it's going to be it's an amazing time playing golf, drinking a whole lot of great beer. It's a great time. For uh, raising money for Pines for Prostates, yeah. which is a hell of a new organization. I uh, want to thank everybody for listening. You can listen to any of the old shows sponsored by No Label Brewing Company by going to drinkofages.com. You can go to iTunes, SoundCloud, all over other places. Look up Drink of Ages and see a lot of pictures and videos of bad stuff that we do. All right, everybody be safe. Go Astros. Talk to everybody next week. Ow!